Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Brian, the Russians do not want us to broadcast on YouTube. They are attacking us. They hate free speech. They do not want us to share our Masters Millie Maker plays. What's going on? Not much. I'm I'm uh, scrambling here. I know you said your uh, your computer crashed right before the show. Computer crashed. I'm trying to put the Periscope link in YouTube. I pasted it in there. Oh, you already did. I, I did. Oh, then maybe it didn't come through. Maybe it blocked my link. So I, I do see yours now. Yeah, let's hopefully that works. Yeah, um, so we, then, we don't – oh, go ahead. We can just post – we'll just post the YouTube later, I guess, and then do Periscope for now. Yeah, I was, I've was i been seriously so close to ditching Periscope, and uh, and now I'm, I'm back, baby, uh, with my tail between my legs. Yeah, perfect timing, huh? That's right. We have a good show tonight. Uh, Matt Jones from Rotoviz is going to be joining us here in about 15 minutes. We are talking Masters tonight. You know, the past few weeks we've been talking, you know, Osimo Dupe Challenge. We've been talking sports gambling and election. And people said, we need Masters talk. And I'll admit it, man. I've been out of the golf streets. I've caught in the fever the past few days. Like, I'm, I'm jacked up for the Masters now. Yeah, Masters is fun. It's always big, uh, big money. And uh, this year we got the Bryson, the Bryson show. We'll see how that works, how that's going to play out. But everyone, everyone seems to be uh, giving their take on, on DeChambeau. League of Legends is back in the lobby, and we're talking Masters. Remember where you came from. The originals know that this show was built on a bedrock of League of Legends and esports. Hundreds of shows under our belt. Have we forgotten who we are at the end of the day, Brian? Uh, I have. Um, we don't fight, fight toxicity as much as we used to. What, uh, what kind of, yeah. Uh, YouTube is down. We're, we're rocking it on Periscope. If it is down, we will, Brian will upload the video later to YouTube whenever it comes back. But, uh, for now we are Periscope exclusive. Brian, what kind of, what kind of action are you getting down for the masters? Are you in the outright streets, the head to head markets? I did a couple of them, but I didn't do like uh, my my own private like model to to um, like who I think will win. I just used I just used the actual Vegas odds to do my DFS stuff this week, so I didn't do too much. Who did I bet? I bet Matsuyama at I don't remember thirty one hundred. Okay. Um, Benny Ann at like a long shot odds. Um. 
I think that's it. I can't remember, honestly. I, I, will, I didn't take, do any of the favorites. What about you? Well, I just had – so our guest, Matt Jones, who's going to be joining us in a little bit, he, back in June, had put out a call in the Bet the Prop Slack of saying, like, hey, I'm, I'm betting uh, Bryson outrights for all of the majors. And what was the major he already won? Was it PGA Championship? Um, it was what, one. Was the Open? Open. The Open. Yep. So I had I had that one. So I bet all of them. And then, you know, this morning I was like, oh, I should log into my offshore account and uh, see if I have one. Sure enough, I'm sitting there on a on a 25 to 1 Bryson to win the Ambassador. So I'm feeling pretty good. You, you buy out of that? <laughs> should I buy out of it? <laughs> His uh, This is one of the weirdest odds odds setup that I've seen in PGA maybe ever where like the head to head markets and the uh, peer to peer markets and the, and the odds are like kind of all over the place for, for one of the most liquid golf tournaments, you know, the tons of money bet uh, all year, the masters. It's very strange to me. What do you, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm, I mean, we've talked about it, so I know, I know you know about it. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't know anything about golf, but like the whole Bryson thing in general seems weird for like where the narratives are at, where people think like that he could just run away with this contest based on him basically playing a different game than everyone else. And yet at the same time, it doesn't seem to be reflected in the DFS ownership in the head to head betting markets. He's not like an outsized favorite in the outrights. So I'm like confused by these narratives and then the markets that I'm seeing. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So I, I took a shot of like explaining it to you like a couple days ago, right? Where I said, my guess is the chatters on Bryson, right? So they're one way markets to win. So the, you, you can't you can't hit the other side to bring it down. So that's why he's up there. And then I figured the bookmaker markets are moved by Rufus Peabody, and I know he loves John Rahm, et cetera. So like maybe he didn't like Bryson, and that's why the head to head markets there were different. And so like I but he, I listened to his bet the process show yesterday, and that's not what happened. Like he he's not super high in Rahm. And he's not super high on Bryson either, but I don't know. I don't get it. So to me, like, I, I understand the the reason. And I heard you mentioned the Bet the Process podcast. Peter Jennings was on that one. And they were kind of saying that Bryson has a, high, a wider range of outcomes. You know, the volatility of he could just flame out or he could run away with it. So it makes sense to me that he'd be a good outright play or a good DFS tournament play versus not being as great of a head-to-head play in the medium median outcome range. Does that check out for you? I don't know. So like I heard I heard him say that it kind of makes sense. If it was a true head-to-head, if they were just, you know, in any any event, if it was a true head-to-head event, standard DV, the distribution, the wide distribution shouldn't matter. It, it's like the guy will just get beat by a lot once and then win by a lot once, then beat by a lot once and win by a lot once. When you're competing with a whole bunch of other people, it does, it does, it can, it, it does matter. But I still don't think that that's, that that's right. I don't and think how the, the distribution explains that. How was your, cause like when I was running, uh, 
my lineups, I was getting hardly any DeChambeau, like 5%, 6%. I was starting to crank up randomness a little bit just to try to get him in more of my lineups. Are, are you getting a lot of him right now? Yeah. Okay. For the show, I was. Um, and we'll we'll go over that in a second. Um, I don't know if we want to get too deep in it before Matt gets on here, but I did uh, two two sims with one for the million, one for like a middle of the middle of the road kind of amount of people in it. The like the wildcat, uh, spy ish type of stuff in, well, in we, football terms. We got Matt here, so let's just bring Matt on, and we can get into all of the juicy. DFS talk. Matt Jones from Rotoviz, the golf maven over there. Matt, thanks for joining us on Lowell's. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. I I feel uh, feel very blessed. Appreciate <laughs> the invite. Thanks for there coming on. Have you guys Have you guys ever met Brian and, and Matt? Nope. 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 That awesome. Not you guys are. Bar, and I don't, don't remember. You guys are my go-to PGA thought leaders every week. My tradition before football season started, I message Matt with whatever my highest owned golfer was. And I say, is this too much of this golfer? And he generally gasps and says, yes, that's too much. <laughs> and now I'm I'm so far into football season, I can't even remember. Who's the old guy I like? Furyk. Ian Poulter. Poulter and Furyk, those are my guys. Yeah, you, you hit me with a Furyk one day, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh God!" I was like, "We gotta, we gotta talk some more about this stuff." <laughs> yeah, Pol- Poulter's okay. Furyk's a little, little bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now I know how I feel because I see, like, now I see it from the other angle. You know, we everyone was given awesome a hard time for playing Julian Edelman, and you see a lot of guys playing Ty Hilton, and I know, you know, I'm in more of the football weeds, and I'm like, "Why are you playing those dusty old guys?" And then I'm over here in PGA playing. Furek and Poulter as if uh, nothing matters. I mean, to be fair, the uh, the age curve is a little different in in golf than in, <laughs> for NFL wide receivers. Yeah. So we were uh, we were just talking right before you came on. I mean, it, it does seem like Bryson is the big riddle. We're trying to figure out kind of like the discrepancy in the betting markets, the ownership, all of that. Um, I, I was looking at our ownership uh, projections. I have like Osmos, RGs, and Brian's, and Brian is much higher than those guys. Like where are you at right now on Bryson as far as like in a vacuum and also where you project him to be in DFS this week? Um, I I'm having a hard time just like modeling him properly based on like how his game has sort of changed. Um, just from like a, like what is he actually going to do in this tournament perspective? Um, I have him around 17% ownership, uh, you know, projected ownership right now. Um, and I I don't know if that's like 10, 10% too low or 10% too high, to be totally honest. I don't think a whole lot will surprise me at this point. Um, the markets are all weird. Everybody's talking about him, and usually that means ownership, but like there's definitely split sentiment on on him in general. Uh, so I'm, I'm playing a lot of him, but that's just because he seems like he's going to be a little on the lower own side uh, for – for the you know top top end guys, Brian, are you? I think, leaning- I think you're safe with uh, ten under. I don't think he's going to be seven percent owned. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I'll take the over on that one. Brian, do you think this could be one of those things where he's higher owned in the Millie Maker and more public contest, and then maybe the higher stakes stuff people galaxy brain themselves off of him more? 
I don't know. I, this is a weird week. And the the thing with these ownerships, I'm assuming Matt's doing the same thing. Like I'm projecting big field. And I think everyone else is projecting big field. Mm-hmm. So if they're projecting big field, then you would you'd be a couple clicks higher, you would think. Um, and you know, they're a little bit lower than me. I can't remember what I ended up at, Peter, like 19 or 20. Yeah, um, you have him at 20.5. RG had him at 17. Osmo has him at 11.6. And Matt, you said you were right there at 17. Yeah, I have met a little under 17. I would definitely take the over 11, I think. Yeah, I'd take over 11. The He is 11.4, right? He's 11,400, I think. 11.2. So. 11.2, 11, yeah. okay. I mean, that's... It's tough to it's tough to get guys in there in a ninety three man field or, or whatever we're finishing up at here. Um, maybe I'm a couple clicks high. I don't know. I'm going to stick with it at, at at twenty. But these markets are are all over the place. I wonder if this is um, it shows that you can beat PGA sports betting because they're not super efficient and like this is kind of like a super bowl event where the markets are so liquid that they have some off lines and they just don't care because they're just trying to get their margins right the sports books i wonder if that's what's going on here um it's unlikely but uh i don't know something something's weird so like i'm kind of i'm i'm doing a little more uh art than science than i'm comfortable with this week so i am manually adjusting these guys a little bit to kind of compensate for what these markets are looking like where I normally, I never, you know, Peter, I never do anything like that, but I'm, I'm bringing them in a little closer. Well, um, I, I'm doing the same thing. Cause I ran mine and I was getting no Bryson. I was like, let's crank up the randomness here. I got to get some <laughs> Bryson in these lineups, which I know it's just, that's bad. I think one discrepancy might be like in the outright markets, isn't Bryson it, it, are how many guys are around him? in the outright markets are very comparable because I'm looking at awesome. Win- what were you going to say? Just Dustin. Yeah. Just Dustin. Because like for some reason in Osimo's model, like his win percentage for Dustin Johnson is 7.08. John Rom 6.79. Justin Thomas 6.28. And then Bryson's down there fourth at 5.33. What, so what, what do his, um, his projected round scores look like though? I haven't, I haven't seen those They're right next to it. They're in the same page, just like a few over. Because I think whatever I pulled into my spreadsheet, round, I don't have that. <laughs> he has the lowest per round score too. It's yeah. weird. But last I looked at it, Paul is shook <laughs> that Brian is hand building ownership <laughs> projections. <laughs> no, 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 no. Owner, no, the ownership percentages I left, I left as is. I didn't adjust them at all. Um, uh, just my personal um, projections for my my sim. So let me ask you, Matt. So I'm looking here at my average ownership across those three. Bryson DeChambeau is coming in as the 13th highest owned. Like, is he just not an out of the world smash if that is what he comes in at? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I wrote it in in my article this week. Like, the lower his projected ownership is, the the higher exposure I'm going to have to him this week. Um, I, I just, I get that there's all this hype around him and like, I think there's a reasonable chance that Dustin Johnson just completely like runs away and, and beats everybody this week. Um, you know, cause he's chalk and that's just like how, how these things are going to end up working for us. But I, I guess it's the price that are scaring some people off, but I, I have a hard time envisioning a scenario where he's not at least like, you know, top, 
top five and in the hunt on Sunday. Yeah. If the if Patrick if Peter can make Patrick Laird like thirty eight percent own last year. <laughs> it's like three point four, but yes. <laughs> Not this last week, but last year. Then uh, a DFS chatter can move, I think, can move the markets a couple clicks. Yeah, it does seem like that's where it's going. It's just crazy how much kind of discrepancy there is. Matt, I wanted to ask you too about you had done some of this research here and kind of one of your conclusions was just how in general in the larger sample, um, the DFS community has has been bad at identifying the chalk in the top range, which kind of led you to the conclusion of just fading chalk there when it's when it's really popular at the top end is that where you're at right now um with with these top guys of of fading the the chalkier ones yeah that's that's usually how um i approach it especially when there's uh you know like actual top flight talent uh at the top of the salary scale in some weeks um you know like the Puerto Rico Open or whatever, where it's like a $12,000 Mac Hoocher and nobody else in the top 50, uh, you know, it's a different conversation. But um, yeah, historically, like, and it makes sense, right? Like historically, all these guys are extremely good golfers. And unless there's a real like injury concern or something weird, there's really no reason uh, for one of them to just be completely like lapping the field in ownership uh compared to other guys like above 9500 or 10k whatever you want to make the the cutoff there um so i typically just try and target those those lower owned guys like if if you look at the if you convert the odds to probabilities this week um and adjust for vig you know you're talking like a point win point uh, more maybe two difference between depending on where you're getting your numbers from uh win probability increase like uh right. it's not it's not huge there I've, I've i've told this story before though matt's puerto rico uh matt kuchar example reminds me of dustin johnson like two years ago maybe three at this point was like 50 percent on project so i so i faded him and it was one of those puerto rico fields where it was dustin johnson and nobody else so I completely faded him. I think he ended up winning by like 14 strokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, half the field took him. These fools. Yeah. 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 And I think I think there's some crossover there as well with um, with the head-to-head markets. Like when uh, I, I admittedly, uh, since the restart, haven't hasn't haven't been as uh, diligent in tracking every single head-to-head. But over the past couple of years. Um, like just blindly taking the plus odds when they're like both guys in the head to head are in the top 10 is like a fine strategy. Like there's, there's not really, like I said, there's just not, there's not enough of a difference between these guys, unless there's a real concern of some, something weird happening, um, to, to really justify, you know, getting, uh, somebody at like plus plus one thirty or plus one twenty five. Uh, and they're both in the top 10. It's it's silly. Have you, uh, so Matt uh, puts out uh, stuff on Rotoviz, and then you also, are you putting out a card on Bet the Prop? Have you done a head-to-head card this week? Uh, yeah, I, I played I played a few. I'm still, uh, I'm still looking around. I had a few on Bet Online. Yeah. And so I guess the other question from DFS 
for me, one of the reasons I enjoyed playing PGA DFS as someone who doesn't know anything is I don't have to stress about all the correlations and the other things involved with the lineup. I've seen a few things. I saw someone in our chat earlier saying bombers correlation here. The guys that are bombers can play this, this course uh, far. And then also I know we have a little bit of weather on Thursday morning. I was reading Kevin Roth over at Roto Grinder said it is going to be a little rainier and wet in the early tee times. Are you guys factoring in any of these conversations as far as stacking or correlation? Or are you just letting it rip? Let's okay. go, Matt. First, Matt, go ahead. Um, I'm I'm personally I I don't see enough of a difference that I'm uh, super confident that it's going to turn into a wave advantage, um, like in totality. <laughs> so uh, it, it has to be pretty significant uh, wind for me to usually do that. The rain in general is just going to uh, you know be even more of an advantage for the guys who drive it further because uh, some of the some of the drives aren't going to roll out as much, you know, like poor, uh, some of these poor short hitters and these old guys are just going to have no shot, uh, if the ball's getting stuck in the fairway. Um, but supposedly they have, uh, you know, they, they have contingencies for these things. So, uh, I don't think it's going to be as bad as, um, or bad enough to, to warrant like a complete fade of a wave or something like that. Brian, what do you think of that chat about uh, a bomber's correlation on this course? Is there anything there, or is that a little thin? The, I didn't think of that. That's interesting. I, um, but I am doing the, I'm not. I'm doing the same thing, which is I'm not adjusting at all. Wind is more my concern than than rain. And another thing with the rain, and it looks like this forecast is 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 uh, is part of this. Is um, if it's a thunder warning. Like you don't know who's going to get the benefit of the soft greens. Yeah. Like, you know, they might come, your guy might play through the storm at the end or something. And then they blow, they blow the horn and then it comes back soft for the next guys to play a full 18 on it. So it's tough to judge storms more than it is when you know, it's going to be 35 mile an hour wind for guys right in the middle of your guys. Round. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to stick with it. Whenever there's not wind, I'm, I'm pretty happy, honestly, because yeah. I don't have a uh, win database with my PGA in my PGA database. And I'd, I'd like to have one, but I haven't seen one around. So. Bro, you don't have a win database? Wow. What, <laughs> what kind of operation are you guys running here? Unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, Matt, you want to take a look at my uh, Sims or you want to, or you got something? No, no, no. no. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just talking shop. Let's pull up, uh, let's pull up the Sims. All right. Thank you, Bronco Bick. For announcing that you're logging off. Once once you found out that we didn't have a weather sim, he said, I'm out. <laughs> All right. So uh, talk us through what we're looking at here. Um so this first section, these are these are these are golfers. I don't know if you guys knew that. The so I did I did a um a simulation for like a milli tournament. And then one for kind of like a middle of the road in terms of like amount of players, kind of like a, you know, a spy wildcat type amount of players in, in football, less than that in golf, but somewhere around there. And, you know, ran it the same way I would with my, with my projections. I did do this a few hours ago. Admittedly, my computer crashed on my newest one. So this isn't exactly what it would be, but this would be my top 150 uh, exposures for tomorrow. And it's probably not going to be too far off from this, honestly. 
but I'm going to have two different ones for, for different tournaments. Um, and this is my, you know, my, my projected ownership here. Um, and you could see the differences are kind of dramatic, mainly with DJ. Um, but even Bryson gets a boost. And if you're using my projections, this looks like it's rounded up from 20.5. Um, if you're using someone else's, like if you're in the 14, 15 range, you know, you could be getting 45, 50% of Bryson from this. Um, and you could see some interesting things here. Like my sim would consider like Tiger and Colin Morikawa more like long shot plays where, you know, you could throw them in there for a little bit of leverage. Um, in, in the middle, and I think one of the more interesting things was the difference between Finau and Matsuyama. The sim liked them more in a middle, you know, a middling amount of, of opponents um, in day two. And so what that does, it has to shift your ownership somewhere else, right? And so it shifts it in the middle to Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose, which I'm not comfortable <laughs> with, honestly, Sung J.M., uh, Cameron Champson, interesting. I'd like to hear your take on him, Matt. Um, is uh, it kind of just likes them all around. Um, but you can see some of the ownership down when we start getting down here. Uh, it went up on, on Benny Ann, down on Lanto Griffin, which is slightly interesting. Um, also, I'm a nine percent Schwartzel is make me feel. Doesn't make me feel good. I heard on the bet, bet the process pod that we were talking about earlier. Kevin uh, Jennings said uh, Kevin Nye is a bad back. Do you guys know anything yeah. about? Him? Yeah, he uh, on his Instagram post he uh, he said it was bothering him. And of course, I got Ian Poulter here as a little bit of a a little bit of a nice Millie play there, Peter. There you go. I I do. I want you to articulate though, just so I know a lot of this is happening on the back end. But similar question to Matt here: What are the factors that are making one player uh, a better projection for the lotto versus uh, the smaller field here? Um, I mean, I don't know how to answer that really. Like, it's 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 um, it's like um, basically ROI. What does better in which tournament? This these lineups construction. So and, and yeah, remember this is taken into like lineup construction, not just player. So it matters, you know, with the other pieces too. And uh, so people, in uh, just you've simmed like you've run what is it like ten thousand sims on how uh, the millimaker plays out? Is that what this is reflecting? Yeah. So it would be like I did like thirty thousand sims how the million would play out and then 30,000 Sims, how like a, a middling tournament would, would play out. And then what are my top 150? And then here's my ownership exposures from my 150 that I would enter in those tournaments. Gotcha. Um, and Matt, yeah, I know Brian mentioned what you thought about Cameron Champ. Any things jump out for you there looking at kind of the discrepancies across those different tournaments? I mean, I... Uh, in theory, right? Like, like Champ should uh, should fit well. He before Bryson started, uh, you know, it, it, having eight protein shakes a day. Uh, Champ was the uh, like the the ultimate driver of the golf ball, right? And not to go like to watch the tape on you guys, but uh, I saw him at Beth Page last year, and I have to say, it's 
probably the loudest noise uh, I've ever heard a driver make hitting a golf ball. The His swing is just like out of control. Um, he played well the last time. Uh, last time we saw him, I think he finished in the top 10 at the Zozo. But I mean, he's just he's just all over the place. Like there there are not uh, there's not a lot to to hang your hat on there. I have him uh, a little bit about a quarter stroke below average for the field uh, per round. So he he didn't really pop in anything um, for me personally. But there's definitely fit there. Um, and you know if he if he putts then he's definitely going to have some some short clubs into greens so uh theoretically he could he could do well do you guys have any thoughts this week i feel like one of the main questions that always comes up for golf is the the studs and duds lineup versus the balanced approach obviously we have you know four or five guys up here at the top that are pretty pricey with good win odds um Brian, do you have you in the lineups you've run noticed uh, an overarching pattern for the the type of construction? Well, and based on this, um, I mean, you know, I don't like I've told you before, I don't do the studs and duds thing. Like whatever yeah. happens, happens. But if you're going to get a lot of Bryson, you're going to get a lot of studs and duds lineups because yeah. you have to pay 11-2 for them. And if you get a lot more Dustin, you're going to be a little more middle of the road because he's 10K. He's slightly underpriced compared to his his odds, and so you got more you got more cap room. Um, I mean, I, that's why I I mean I'm higher than everyone else. It looks like on my Dustin projected ownership. Um, I don't know though. I think he's going to be pretty high owned. Um, not that much higher. Like everyone else is at like whatever. What are they at twenty eight or something? Uh, Osmo's at 29.5. RG was lower at 23.9. You added at 33.3. What are you at, Matt? Yeah, I have 32. So, yeah, you guys are more in, in lockstep. Yeah. Um, what about you, Matt? I heard you talking about on your solo pod today uh, that it's definitely uh, <laughs> a week where you need six of six uh, to get through here. And uh, anything jumping out for you for that kind of construction and what was popping in your optimals? No, I mean, I think I think you just like this this field in general obviously has a ton of guys in the the very, very bottom of the range that like really theoretically have no shot at doing much of anything. Um, And then you just have to you just have to decide if you want two of the top five guys or not. Right. And I think a lot of weeks there's. there's a good a good argument to be made to say like just fade like the top three most expensive guys and go a little bit more balanced. Um, personally, for me, most of my lineups uh, in, include uh, Munoz at sixty seven hundred. So I, uh, I I had a little bit of extra spending. Um, so I I tried to get two of uh, the the top five guys in most of my lineups. So here's one for you. And again- for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
And I, I don't even know the difference of these guys. I couldn't point them out of a, you know, a police lineup or whatever. But Sebastian Munoz and Francisco Molinari, Molinari's projecting for more and going to have less ownership. He's looking to me like one of the better values. Tell me why I'm a donk for having more Molinari than Munoz. I, I don't. I'm. I'm going to play them both. <laughs> both. Okay. Yeah. Do you no, have, I mean, what's the what's the anti case against Molinari? Again, I know nothing about him. I mean, he played he played well uh, last week, but really over the past year or so, like he's just been a dumpster fire. Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's really hard for me to get there with him. Um, I. Yeah, I, I won't be playing. Uh, I don't think any of them. I made, I made eighty lineups, uh, and I don't think I have uh, a share of him. But now that, now that Brian said that, I might have to. <laughs> he had that collapse against Tiger last year. Right. Yeah. That was the, yeah. that was basically the last time that he was uh, really involved in anything worldwide. Uh, maybe he had a run at the the Open last year, um, yeah. but other than that, it, there's there's been a whole lot of uh, grossness with him. Can you give me an NFL analogy to really drive this home? Would this be like playing Mark Ingram this week coming off the injury? Is that what I'm doing if I play Molinari? Maybe like like Larry Fitzgerald. Oh my God, I got to get him out. Is that too? Is that too, too I got to get him out of my lineup. <laughs> I would say it's more like Chuck Knobloch or something, baseball. <laughs> okay, I don't get that reference either. Oh, okay. Um. Here's here's another one for you that I think is interesting because he does seem like he's going to project for a lot of ownership, but he also seems like one of the better value plays. What do you guys think about Kokrak? I love I, some Kokrak. Yeah, I'm I'm here. Here's you can see I don't like him in the milli as much as I do in a in like a, a spy type of single entry. Okay, just because you think he'll catch less ownership there. Yeah, it's almost all it's almost all ownership based and yeah. some distribution based. Um and I'm kind of low on his I'm lower on his ownership than than the other guys. Not not by a ton, but yeah, the, some uh, I think Alex has him projected for like 20 something. Yeah, Alex had him when I pulled it at 19.5. What do you have what it do you at? Have, yeah. I have 16 for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm lower. Um I And know. I sh- I should put in a plug for both of these so you can get uh Matt's uh DFS ownership over at Rotoviz and Brian has his up on his site, rick75.com. You just give him his email. He will send you uh lots of spam trying to sell you supplements and in return you can access his PTA Give me your email. You just have to log in. I'm not getting I want I need some sort of barrier to entry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brian will not do anything nefarious with your email. And uh and Matt has lots of good stuff over at Rotoviz if you want to check out the projections. Cockrack is interesting. He the PGA player, PGA ownership is really strange where I think it's recent form based or recent form biased, maybe what was it like three months, four months ago, Matt Cockrick, everyone hated him. He would go like 1% owned, 2% owned, maybe a little higher than that. And then like six months ago, seven months ago, I might have my months off, but he was a DFS darling going like 25% owned all the time. And that happens with like guys all the time. It's like eight months later, like, Oh, I can't play that piece of garbage. It's like, you know, he was chalk for two months straight, not that long ago. 
Um, and now it looks like Cockrag's back to Chuck because he had that one good week. Um, but, you know, three, four months ago, he's not. So, like, you know, Justin Rose, uh, this ownership's kind of high, but he's been he's been a lot lower. But he's been well over 20% on for years. You go down on most of these guys. Like, you know, Rory, of course, has been all up and down. Uh, Ty- Terrell Hatton's kind of been all over the place. Morikawa is a good example. Like Morikawa can't win this. Morikawa can win this. I don't know uh, if you've heard, but you can't win the Masters your first try. It's impossible. So that's, oh, I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, that. Is that okay? That's the that's the problem there. It's it's literally impossible. So gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Kapka. Uh, what's your ownership on Kapka? Um, I I feel like mine is a little high. I have him at sixteen right now. So you okay. are you're definitely you you're Brian's ownership from when I just compare it to Osmo and RG is definitely more in lockstep. Osmo's much lower on him at ten percent, RG at thirteen point five. And when I'm just like sorting by win odds, he looks like the guy up there um, that has the best win odds relative to ownership. Yeah, I just I think so many people who uh you know don't make a lineup and don't click on DJ are going to be clicking on Kepka. Like that's that's kind of my like if if they're maybe they're going up a little bit and playing like Rom or somebody and they're like oh I can't really fit DJ like I feel like psychologically a lot of people are going to end up clicking on Kepka because it's a major and he cares this week so yeah, that's true. The, the major narrative, and le- and he had a good good uh, weekend last week. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious to know what his ownership would have been uh, if he just like ejected last week. Yeah, like how well, strong is this mass? Is this major narrative? <laughs> that's where you guys, point. where you guys at on this question, Rom or Bryson? Uh, I don't know exactly which format he's talking, but uh, let's assume DFS. <laughs> um, I mean, you can see my exposures here. They might change slightly. He's got some weird odds out there too with the head-to-heads, and um, and I, and and Rufus Peabody said on his podcast he's got him listed as twentieth best this week, which for him is surprising since he loves him so much. So I have my my rankings, my rankings on the last eighteen months. I have, you know, without being course fit, just in general, I have Rom as the best golfer over the last 18 months. And Rory as the second best, if I remember correctly. Um, that doesn't mean that he's perfect fit for this course or anything like that. But, yeah, I I love Rom, but these these odds this week are weird, which is why the my, my Millie exposure here I'm kind of happy with um, – just because it feels like no one really knows with this group here, with DJ above, I would say, Bryson, Thomas, Rom, McRoy, Johnson. Um, so like, if you can, if you could fade thirty-three percent of the field, you know, you could that could help you quite a bit if Dustin implodes, which is possible, even though he's been playing well. Yeah, he, I mean, he he has eighties in his bag, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> where where are you at on that one, Matt? Um, just from, uh, for, for DFS purposes, I think their, their ownership, uh, will probably be relative. Actually, no, Rom will be, Rom will be higher owned. 
So just for for that reason, I think you can probably find the seven hundred dollars and just play Bryson. Yeah, that's why I'm so confused. I, everyone's talking about <laughs> Bryson, but all these other guys are going to be higher on. Like it for it's not like the seven hundred dollars is that meaningful, right? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, <laughs> even just looking at his at Bryson's head to head odds, like he for some reason he's plus one twenty one against Xander. But he's a minus one thirty favorite against DJ. Like I'm just very confused about all of this. I I, yeah. I have no idea. I, it seems like there's just like a monkey crashing symbols together in the in the odd makers uh, office or whatever. Like there's no rhyme or reason for any of this. Like yeah. Rory's a minus one fifty favorite over Bryson. I I, I I don't know. I might yeah. just I might just bat every Bryson head to head and just take him and. Let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> Jesus just hitting the what? So give us give us the narrative because like I, I I'm again I'm very uh, on the outside with this golf stuff, but the narrative is that he is going to be able to take angles and lines that no one else is physically capable of taking, and if he executes those relatively successful, he will have an outsized advantage on what anyone else can do. Is that correct? Yeah. Except this guy. Cameron champ. <laughs> but then I heard CSU say Cameron champ hits the ball too low. Yeah. I was going to say you, you got to get the, you got to get the apex height there. Cause uh, champ, champ will, if champ takes the same lines that Bryson is trying to take, he's going to be, uh, you know, two thirds of the way up a pine tree. Whereas Bryson's going to be going <laughs> over it. <laughs> you still champ hit it higher. Okay. <laughs> So what do you guys, so I was, I was looking, so I made, I did a set of lineups and then I was like, I don't have enough Bryson. Let me boost the randomness and get some more Bryson in there. And then because I don't know anything, the lineups that I loved was when I was getting in like Bryson and Rom, Bryson and Rory with like a double stud. And then, you know, three, a couple mid sevens and a couple sixes. Uh, Where are you guys at? about where your lineups are, are looking. I know we talked a little bit about the studs and duds, but do you think that's a plausible line to take to try to get two of those top five, top six guys in there? Sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to hit it. Well, like you don't, you don't, this is also a short field. Yeah. Matt, Matt touched on it earlier. So we got, okay. All these guys are dead. Right. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, Langer might, you know, Langer might, might make the cut couples has maybe, 15% chance making a cut or something like that. Um, and then you got your, like, uh, some of your foreign players and your PGA, like, long-time tour guys. Yeah, I guess. But, like, look at – you only got, like, 55, 60 players. There's not a whole lot of players. So, like, someone's – they're going to get through. You know what I mean? Like, some – these guys, they have to – 50-plus ties has to make it through. And you're only you only got about sixty realistic options to choose from, so it's kind of like a no cut event, you know, not really, but kind of. So that you know that changes things when if if it was like a no cut, you know, you can get you can get lucky on these sixty sixty seven hundred guys, way more way more easily than you could in a full field. Matt, are you hand building for the Masters, or are you an opto bro for this one? Uh, I am, I, I, unfortunately I go over to the dark side for, uh, for PGA when I'm making these lineups. Uh, I, I use the, 
the optimizer that we have over at Rotovis. Yeah. There you go. And what and uh, what is the texture of the top lineups it's spitting out for you? Um, yeah, it's it's mostly. Uh, I mean, if you don't if you don't take DJ uh, DJ's exposure out, it it pretty much gives you a hundred percent exposure to DJ because he's like he's far and away um, the the number one golfer with my power ranking score. Like he's a good tenth of a stroke clear of the rest of the field. Um, it- with Ron if I, and if, if I ran mine in an optimizer uh, with you know no adjustments, I'd get a ton of DJ do. Ton yeah, of I think that's what happened when I ran it um, based on like the awesome projections. It was, I mean, it was a massive amount of Dustin Johnson. It was like all Dustin Johnson and, and Coke rack. Ninety-two percent Dustin Johnson and eighty-eight percent Coke rack with he's, no. He's, he's like at least eight hundred uh, underpriced, probably somewhere around there. Yeah, based on just based on the odds. I know the odds are funky, but even with, I mean, at least six hundred. How about that? Even with the funky head-to-head odds and stuff. Let's get this question from Bronco Bick. He threatened to leave when he learned that Brian didn't have a win model, but he is apparently back. And then we will build a lineup collectively. A lineup, my treat, guys, my treat. I'll I'll put us in three ways in the Millie Maker. But first, thoughts on Bubba, bullish or bearish? Let's go, uh, Matt, first. Hey, we're back on well, YouTube. We're live. On we're YouTube. back. We're back. I know. I saw that. I was like, wow, they're really trying to make uh, excuses to not have me on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I struggle with Bubba uh, quite a bit because typically uh, it's always course history with him. I am not a course history person. Um, that being said, uh, I do have a significant uh, chunk of Bubba. So I feel, I feel like he's being a little bit undervalued. Um, he'll be, he'll be pretty owned, but the fact that he is like below, uh, you know, like seven, eight, uh, percentage points below like Finau and Decky, uh, who, whom I also like, but I just think that that's a, a, a bit of a gap. Um, so I will have, I will have a fair chunk of Bubba this week. Bubba or no Bubba, Brian? Uh, where do I get him here? Did I pass him up already? So I like him in the Millie more twice as much as in a, like a, a single entry. There you go. Um, what, what do we feel about this, this unknown golfer right here that I highlighted? Ty, Tiger. How do you pronounce it? Is it Wads or is it? It's Tiger Woods. I think oh, it's Wads. Tiger, Tiger Wads. Eldred. Uh, I, I, I honestly, um. I didn't know he was in the Masters until now. <laughs> he won last year. That feels like year. four years yeah. ago, though. <laughs> so, but looking at your percentages, he wasn't showing up in any of my stuff. He's apparently in my spreadsheet, but I didn't notice him. Uh, why am I forgetting about Tiger Woods, Matt? I mean, <laughs> like, look, I, I, I tweeted it out. I said, uh, watching him win the Masters last year was one of the the coolest uh experiences of my life being able to watch that with my son but this is uh this is not the same this is not the same tiger uh i i don't really feel like i need to even have like a lineup um with him although i don't know if you guys saw this uh this narrative our friend brandall i don't know how much you guys actually watch but brandall shambly uh tweeted out that jack nicholas won his six masters 23 years after his first 
and this is 23 years after Tiger's first. So, again, <laughs> obviously, uh, just lo- anything Brandel Chambly says has got to happen. It's got to be true. <laughs> it, is the issue with Tiger as it pertains to DFS just that he's massively overpriced? Because when I look at his projection, the guys around him are you know fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars cheaper. Is that is that the issue with Tiger for DFS? His 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 odds to win, I, I don't even know what he's at now. Um, like outright wise, do you do you have that? I mean, well, not I'm not looking at the outright, but I'm just looking at Osimos. I mean, he has him in between Matthew Fitzpatrick and Shane Lowry, who are seventy six hundred and seventy three hundred, and he costs ninety one hundred. Yeah, like he okay, I just pulled it up. So he's he's plus thirty three hundred uh, at Bet Online right now, and that's probably. Uh, uh, half of what it should be he should probably be in the 60s um in in my mind like he's he's much closer uh closer to like a, a Fleetwood Fitzpatrick Oosthuizen kind of price uh than you know being around Reed or somebody like his stuff is always just going to be inflated even without the even without the odds because we play DFS it's Tiger's going to get a couple extra clicks because he's Tiger. Right. So it's always, it's always going to hurt you. All right. Let's build a lineup that wins a million dollars. Now, Matt, if you're not familiar, normally Brian and I build a lineup that's so gross that people in the chat, you know, are publicly wanting to vomit at how gross the plays are. I'm trying to jam in these 85 year olds. Brian's trying to, you know, leverage ownership. So I just want you to know that's generally what we do here. Um, but who knows? Maybe that we make a like lineup. all of my lineups. That's fine. <laughs> you are our guest. So we will let you kick things off with who you want to start this lineup off with. Oh, man. All right. So Tiger should be now. Um, <laughs> I, uh, God, a lot of pressure. I feel, I feel very strongly that, that fee now needs to be, uh, in almost all of my lineups. So I'm going to put that evil on you guys right now. There we go. Finau's in. Brian, we'll go to you. Finau, huh? All right. How about... What, what are we playing here? The Millie? This is the Millie. The Millie. This this is on me. We will split the, the winnings three why ways. Don't, why don't you do the other Millie and then let it be on you as well, the, the 45 Oh, the 40, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? The season's going decently, not that decent. <laughs> All right. How about, oh, God. I, I hate myself every time I pick these guys. Do it. Do it. R- Ricky Fowler. Oh, wow. That, what are your guys? I wish I had a taste, but I don't. <laughs> These aren't supposed to be pretty lineups, Matt, all right? Look, someone has to come in and save us some money. Some of us have to play Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, no. Get in the lineup, Molinari. Let's go. I actually like that one. I like that one. That's not good. <laughs> we both agree. There's no Matt, way he Matt's can do it. He hates it. This is the goal is for all of us to hate each other's picks. Well, yes. We're, this is we're succeeding right now. So That's all I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. <laughs> um, we didn't we didn't get to talk about him yet, but uh, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, on Scheffler? Literally, uh, Scheffler guy. Oh, I wonder what you have, Brian. Yeah, I have it seven 
seven for the Millie, six for uh, the Spy, twelve uh, percent owned. So just a slightly under the field, but I'll be playing. I'll be in. He'll be in. A, you know, enough enough lineups. What's your exposure looking like for him? Uh, I I'm probably going to be around twenty five percent ish. Oh, okay. Um, I have him in in my sim. I have him in the top five uh just over 11 percent of the time so um i'm pretty high on him i mean he is a young stud i have brian, a better in my overall rankings than i do this week so brian could you pick a golfer that costs 7400 or under sure <laughs> scroll down could you to the 7400 range all right where am i starting here i can't take sunjay sunjay m huh uh oh yeah uh we just had anthony in the chat here did sung jay forget how to play golf once nfl started can't figure out why he's so low yeah he's actually a huge dfs grinder he's been really immersed in that and his game has just <laughs> fallen off since <laughs> nfl started he can't he plays so much golf he doesn't have time to do anything else much you know much less dfs um i would take him though if we could fit if we could fit him with your next guy but if not i'll take 74 starting at answer um Oh God, I got, I got someone you guys will hate for sure. As long as I can make this next pick, it's really hard for me to hate Shane, it. Shane Lowry. Let's do it. He was one of the guys that was popping for me. Oh, that's so funny. It leaves us exactly 11-3. You know who fits? Bryson, Bryson. baby. Matt, how much uh, on a scale of one to I want to throw up, what does this lineup make you feel? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, having a, <laughs> I'm having a hard time uh, with with Molinari well, and Lowry in the second. same lineup. <laughs> we need to check the uh, total ownership on this. Oh yeah, that's normally one of the okay, things so we got. Right Brendan, uh, Ricky, who's the next guy? Fino. Bryson. Oh, we're pretty fairly high on. Really? Are we chalk donkeys right Who's now? after Ricky? Um, Scheffler. Scott. Lowry. Lowry, which is just a, just a super sharp pick. And then Molinari. Just, ugh, I mean, the kind of pick that. I got that at 78% total ownership. So I, what's the optimal, do we know? Yeah, I was looking at the optimal today. They were in the um, the one twenty five range. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. Let's do it, guys. You guys want to? Uh... So this is the thing we do. So we do get the tournament of champions entry, which is um, you go to Tampa Bay. We have had to make this deal with our guests before. Matt, are you okay with the cot in Tampa? Totally, totally fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Just making sure. And you know, sometimes the hotels. They won't have it. I mean, we I'll might bring just a sleeping have... bag. It's fine. Okay, they we might have to get extra bedding and stuff, but we'll we'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, let let the people know uh, that you you came out of of golf hibernation for the Masters, right? You haven't been grinding the uh, the smaller the contests here. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been playing personally, but uh, not not doing uh, not doing the content. We've we've been updating the optimizer and everything. Uh, and doing the running the models and doing all the sims so um yeah i'm i'm pumped it's just uh you know dad life and and teacher life uh doing that extra show 
every week is a little much in the fall for the uh, Vivint Houston Open or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and you have you you mentioned you had placed a few bets. Do you do you want to uh, to break behind the paywall and and give people a, a bet you like in the in the head to head markets or outrights? Uh, yeah, I mean we we mentioned Na is already complaining about his back, so I'm I'm fading him. I got him. Uh, I got Benny on over him. Uh, at minus one ten on Bet Online, and then I'm also fading Jimmy Walker, uh, pretty much anywhere uh, they they allow me to. So, uh, <laughs> is it true that you were knocking on your next door neighbors and saying, "Hey, would you like to bet on Jimmy Walker because I want <laughs> the other side"? <laughs> yeah, and then his neighbor door goes, door. "He had Lyme disease," and he shut the door on you. <laughs> so it's a great neighborhood, Brian. Any. Any brick moonshots you want to call here? Um, well, I'm on the Benny Ann train too with uh, with Matt. Um, and who was the other one I said earlier? You know who I might throw throw a little penny on here? It looks like Point Bet's got the best odds. Now that now I've been churching him up, a little Cameron Champ. Little Cameron. Let me throw in a, me throw in a little nibble. <laughs> just look at look at Brian right there, just throwing a little nibble. I have seen it. Everyone everyone tells me this is a bomber's course. Who are the other yeah. bombers? We got we got Bryson, we got Champ. Who else? Hold, hold on, I'm getting this bet in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pre- pretty much uh, all the guys at the top, I think would would qualify. Um, Finau, obviously, uh, Wolf would be up there. Uh, Champ Kokrak is is decently long. Yeah. So it looks like for for Rory and Justin Thomas, Bet Rivers is your is your uh, is your book, and you got you got a price shop on these things because there's a lot of vig in these futures markets. Yeah. Uh, for DJ points bet for John Rahm, uh, looks like everywhere he's pretty much plus one thousand, and then Bryson on FanDuel or points bet. So make sure you open accounts and. Save a couple, couple, couple points. And uh, you know, I mentioned it before you came on, Matt. But uh, got the uh, the Bryson futures ticket for the U.S. Open that hit. Now I'm sitting on the uh, the Masters one at t- twenty five to one. Brian was trying to chirp at me, saying I should look at a buyout here, but I- I'm letting this one rip, man. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't owe us anything now, right? Yeah, we're free rolling, Bryson. I heard it's a bomber's course. I heard he's just going to hit it over every tree onto the green. I mean, easy game. What's the deal? It would be amazing if he just pulls fairway wood on every tee and, <laughs> uh, and plays completely differently than everybody's been talking about. Like, like, I don't, I don't know if you guys uh, have the like push notifications on the PGA Tour app, but they literally did like a Google Earth simulation of like where his drives could potentially uh, land this week. So they're uh, they have a lot of free time on their hands. Wow. Who are the, like, because I hear, again, I just hear, like, the secondhand narratives of people are like, you know, he. it was like when my grandpa back in the day told me, he was like, they should make the NBA hoop 11 feet tall. It's too easy for them to dunk. Like, who are the, who are the people that are, like, upset that he can hit it farther than other people? It's more than you think, man. Golf, like golf purists are like not not an age group like it's people get super pissed that he's like pushing all these things and it's like he's following all the rules and he's looking for an edge like that's literally 
the goal in life like why <laughs> like why are you like just like shaking your fist at him like it's so much it's a lot I, it, I, I'm, I, I'm a huge I, fan of him because of that yeah i love I, the same i feel the same way the only thing i didn't like is his slow play like speed yeah. it up oh, yeah. speed it up yeah. but i guess he has been speeding it up a little bit and there's, so, yeah. there's no I, green. I loved it when he had that side saddle putting and all that crazy yeah. shit. Like, go for it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> there's no uh, green books this week, so uh, he, he should be a little quicker than usual. Oh, okay, good. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in for the Lulz preview. Sorry to the YouTube heads that it was a little sporadic. We'll make sure we get the full video up there. We will also have the audio that we'll post here shortly on the Lulz podcast feed. You can search for that in your podcast app of choice. It's also in the show notes here on Brian's YouTube channel. Special shout out to our guests, Matt Jones. You can follow him on Twitter, Matt Jones TFR. Lots of good stuff going on at Rotoviz. He also does some contributing to Sharp Football. He's got a, a buffet of stats each week on Rotoviz for the NFL DK slate. Um, lots of good stuff going on over there. Matt, thank you for hopping on with us. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. Anytime, guys. And awesome. Real, real quick, Peter, I think yeah. we're, we're going to try to get the full vid up on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. We can pull that off, you think? Yeah, I will. I think what we do is I will export the video. I will share it with you, and then you can upload it. It'll take a little bit longer, yeah, if it takes but too uh, long, then who knows? But yeah, if if it's doable, we'll do it, right? Yeah, uh, you know, we're we're all working through these issues. You know, there's um, a lot of outside factors conspiring against us getting our PGA content up there tonight. Um, <laughs> so for Matt Jones, our guests. For the man behind the Sims, Brick75, a.k.a. Brian Hooper, I'm Peter Overzet. This has been Lowell's. We'll see you guys next week. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done